0: What we do is we bring these artists in, they build this gallery's worth of work, and then we culminate in an exhibition. And so that's an art show that people attend. And we've been fairly good at getting somewhere between 250 and 500 people to come to these events. Uh, I've started developing this system where when everyone comes to the event, they actually sign up for a membership. And so people pay, they get an account on the website, and then they get given a, a talisman. The talisman has an NFC chip in it. And so then we build these sculptures inside of the space that they can interact with.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Subscription Entrepreneur podcast. You were just listening to our guest on today's show, Jordan Lehman. Now, before I introduce you to Jordan, I just want to take a moment and say that you're about to hear one of our most unique and creative episodes to date. You see, Jordan is an entrepreneur and the co-founder of Idea Fab Labs. They're a creative makerspace community with two physical locations in Chico and Santa Cruz, California. Over the past six years, they've built a creative community centered around high-tech art and craftsmanship. They give their members access to tools like laser cutters, 3D printing, and more. What's so unique about Jordan and Idea Fab Labs is that they're using MemberMouse to run and manage their business, which is an in-person physical community. Almost everyone we talk to here on the Subscription Entrepreneur Podcast runs an online digital business. So it was fascinating to get to know Jordan and hear about how he's using MemberMouse for his business. In this episode, we talk about how Idea Fab Labs got started and created their membership levels, the immense value of an engaged community. Going from a physical to digital business and vice versa, and Jordan even gets me to open up and share about the surprises and challenges in my own journey building MemberMouse over the last ten years. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with Jordan, and I know you'll find this episode to be inspiring and educational. Also, be sure to check out the post for this page at subscriptionentrepreneur.com/125, where we'll show you some of the incredible projects Jordan and the Idea Fab Labs community has created. All right. So let's get to it. I'm your host, Eric Turnerson, and this is episode 125 of the Subscription Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Jordan, you are the co-founder of Idea Fab Labs. And can you tell us a little bit about
0: what that is? Sure. So Idea Fab Labs is a makerspace. We have two facilities, actually. Uh, but we started out as a place where people come to access high tech fabrication tools that they may not be able to afford
1: and how did you and your business partner come up with this idea
0: uh, it was pretty natural we really had access to a, a large space for a very affordable price and it was very dilapidated and we were um, had the opportunity to renovate it and we sort of while we were in the process of doing that we're tossing around business model ideas and figuring out the direction we wanted to go with a space where we could do projects, do large-scale art projects. Um, and the makerspace model sort of came out of the conversations and out of some of the research that we did while we were fixing up the space.
1: So that wasn't your original idea, is to have it be a space for a lot of people.
0: Originally, it was, it was going to be a space for you guys to do your art projects? Pretty much. We didn't, we didn't say, we want to uh, build a makerspace. Right. We said, "Here's the space. What should we do with it
1: so when where did the kind of critical transition happen in terms of deciding to open it up to more people?
0: uh so I guess the most notable moment was when my business partner, his name is Aaron Banwell, um, he showed me a TED talk by Mitch Altman, and Mitch Altman is a technologist and a hacker. And he walks out onto the TED stage and he drops like 50 brass keys out onto the stage. And he says something like, you know, Here, here's a key to our space, our hacker space, you know, come and participate. Or I don't remember what he said. But it was something to that effect. And uh, I don't know, that hit me pretty well. And I said, all right, you know, let's let's get everybody together and we'll, we'll create a space and people can come and, you know. My uh, Aaron had a laser cutter already, and so we were sort of already leaning towards this technology-driven artist space. Um, so that was sort of the turning, maybe the, the affirming moment.
1: The way you describe it, it sounds like it may have come as a little bit of a surprise to you that that was something you were really interested in.
0: Uh, well, it's a radical idea to give people fairly open access to the space. You know, it's people pay a fee to get access, but then we give them a key, and then they can come and go as they will. So that's a radical concept, and I think it made sense at the time to do something that was a little different. In um, this was in Chico, California. So we have two our two spaces are in Chico and in Santa Cruz, California, and there are spaces like ours all over the world, uh, which is really fun to go and see how other spaces do their thing. But you know, I had never been to one of those spaces before. And so it was sort of like, this is new, this is different. It's fascinating. Uh, and I'm already a very social person. And so, uh, it just made a lot of sense to kind of explore that.
1: Awesome. And how is the business working out? Is the, the business model that you guys planned from the beginning, what you're going with now, Uh, What's changed um, in terms of your approach uh, once you actually got the doors open and people
0: were coming in? So uh, I would say that in some ways the model has changed, but in a lot of ways we have changed and the people that come to the space change the space. So we are still frequently exploring revenue streams. Um, It's definitely an uncharted or or, uh, lightly charted terrain. There are spaces like ours. Um, there are notable spaces like ours that um, have had successful models, but everyone's doing something a little bit differently. They're focused more towards art or they're focused more towards maybe only educational programs for kids. So there's a lot of, of fluctuation in what's actually happening in the different spaces like ours. Um, so we tend to explore those things and get, you know, get a feel for what's happening, do some research. And if it's working, then we pursue it. If it's not working, then maybe we'll pull back and put our energy towards something else to try and see if that's going to work. So it's a lot of exploration.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm looking at your membership, uh, site right now. Well, not the inside of your membership site, but your, um, your plans page where you outline what people can get if they pay a monthly fee. Um, so can you, just give a brief overview of this in terms of what your approach is and how you're you're outlining your different plans for customers.
0: Yes. So there's some slight differences between the two facilities, um, but they're basically the same. What you have is three tiers of membership, and we call them the makerspace, the fabrication lab, and the pro memberships. And so people at the lowest level, the makerspace level, they pay between $30 and $45 per month that's 30 in Chico, 45 in Santa Cruz. And they get access to the space and the internet and just general access to hand tools and computers. And then they get access to specific zones that we have. The facilities are broken up into zones. So at the lowest level, you would get access to mostly things that are manual tools, uh, not necessarily the more, the more digital tools. So Uh, that would be the electronic zone, the jewelry making zone, the textiles and costume making zone. Um, we have an audio zone in Santa Cruz that we're putting together, uh, a vinyl cutting and printing zone. So these are sort of like basic utility things that you could walk up and use a soldering iron or, uh, something like that. The next level would be the fabrication level, which gives you access to, uh, the, laser cutters that we have on site, which are definitely our most popular tool at both facilities, hands down.
1: Perfect. Well, that's great for you because that's your
0: mid-tier price point. Right. And, you know, I think it would be a reasonable thing for us, like uh, the business model rather could be trimmed down to be only laser cutting and that would be a successful business model. So that's, a, that's something that we've explored and discovered is very viable
1: well, I wonder how much that would influence the community and the vibrancy of the community, though. And and you know, maybe if that changes, then that may have effects that you can't predict.
0: Uh, I mean, I think we could probably predict them, and they would be perceived as negative. So <laughs> yeah. if we if we had started that way, that would probably have been a good move, and then and then slowly expand instead of trying to ac- accommodate all these different interests. It's an observation. So th- that's the second tier. And you get a certain amount of time that you can reserve these digital tools uh, because a lot of them are one person, one project at a time. They're in high demand. So then you get a certain amount of time you can say, I get to use this tool per week. At the pro level, you get twice as much time, goes from four hours per week to eight hours per week that you can reserve these tools. And you also get access to, we have a large... Um, wood milling machine it's a called a shopbot CNC router table, and so we have some of those, and we also are starting to acquire some metalworking equipment that's at the pro level. So water jet cutter, uh, we have a, a Tormach CNC mill for milling steel and aluminum
1: that's awesome. and I love this model and idea of the sharing of resources. We had a, um, a tool library in Portland, Oregon where you know you could go rent tools. But I just I think for a lot of different reasons, these types of things where, you know, you're buying this equipment and hosting it in a space and people can use it and not everybody has to have their own laser cutter or their own video production tools. Um I really love the this idea and I hope that models like this are adopted more by people in, in cities.
0: Yeah, I think you're gonna see it. I mean it's happening a lot with you know, the digital side of things like like Uber and um, all these, you know, Airbnb, the sort of sharing economy, uh, people are writing software to accommodate that. So um, people are grasping the idea of sort of this shared, centralized experience too. So it's, it's naturally going that way.
1: And it's interesting because a lot of the... Um complaint isn't the right word, but I can't think of a better one uh, that people have in, in running online membership sites in terms of the people up as part of the community their customers is the lack of connection. So the fact that you, in this space also, the benefit you naturally get through how you're running it is you inherently are getting connection because people are physically there
0: in the space interacting with each other. I would say that that is um, both the hardest to quantify and the most valuable asset or resource that we provide. Some people only want access to a laser cutter because they know what they can do with a laser cutter and they're going to come in and they're going to do it. But most people come in with an idea or with some need that they know they're trying to fill, but with not really enough information to do it. And so then we provide them with the resources and the knowledge base and the support inherently within the community for them to accomplish their goal or their idea. And so that's really, that meta layer is actually the thing that makes us really valuable.
1: Yeah, for sure. And do those types of uh, services where people, you offered additional training or something like that, are those parts part of your your standard plans or those add-ons or something like that in terms of how you're doing your pricing?
0: They come in different forms. So we offer safety and basic use to all members uh, free with membership. So if you come in and you want to use the laser cutter, for example, you must take an hour and 45 minute safety and basic use class and you get your feet wet there. It's often not quite enough to really... um, have success with something elaborate, because I'm not going to show you how to use the software to design something. I'm just going to show you how to take your design and put it into the machine. So then the next level is, how do you get your, your cool thing finished? And so that's maybe through a class that we offer that we would charge for, uh, paid for where there's an instructor and we're going to show you how to use Adobe Illustrator to make a living hinge um, model of a chair. Or we're going to teach you Corel Draw for slotted puzzles with the laser cutter. So those are things that we offer, we try to offer. Um, it's something that has sort of fallen to the wayside in lieu of they're just kind of having to focus on certain things instead of being so spread thin. So easy. There's, there's so many things going on and, uh, it's difficult sometimes to do all of the things that we could or, or people want us to do and do them well. So, um, but built into the model is a classes and workshops scenario that once we're all, you know, once everything's really moving forward, then that's like, a regular set of classes every week that people can participate in.
1: I want to dive into that a little bit, but uh, before we do, you're a MemberMouse customer and you're using MemberMouse, and you're using it in a way that I think is uh, unique. Because for one, you're you're running a physical space. Can you, so can you talk a
0: little bit about the ways
1: that you're how MemberMouse plays into your model?
0: Well, maybe I should give you a little bit of background about me first. Um, sure. I have been a web developer for most of my life now. When we started the space, I was working full-time at the university in Chico, um, CSU Chico. And so I've spent a lot of time with WordPress. And when we were looking to build the website for this new membership community that we were building, we did some research and MemberMouse seemed like the tool that we decided was gonna fit our needs close enough And I think if we had any idea what we were doing, we would have maybe gone with some gym software. I think it took about a year for us to realize that what we were building was a gym, just (laughs) not for workout equipment. You know, I'm fairly comfortable. Like I've, you know, I don't usually go into the core files and hack stuff because then they get replaced, but um, I definitely feel comfortable, you know, butchering whatever I need to in order to get it done in WordPress. So... Um, yeah, you guys have been an interesting fit because it's, again, it's not for a physical space. So we have little hacks for cash payments and we have hacks for, um, uh, well, though it does work with bundles. So like we have lockers on site for rent and we just use the bundles for that. Cool. And so, you know, a lot of the things they kind of, it's just a little bit of a skew, not even a hack, just like we're going to use this thing for this instead of what you probably thought you built it for
1: Mm -hmm. and um, talk about this facility access component
0: yeah one of the cool things that we did was maker spaces are are very similar to hacker spaces it's hard to hard to say what the difference is other than maybe just want a lean towards software and electronics hardware so we we have that feeling too and so we took a raspberry pi and like a sprinkler enclosure box and an rfid reader and a keypad we put it outside by the door and we got a electric strike lock so when you apply electricity to it it unlocks the the hinge so you can push the door open
1: for people who don't know raspberry pi is not
0: that delicious thing that you eat it's a it's a circuit board right it's a it's a It's a credit card sized computer.
1: Right. Okay.
0: And so we installed all that outside and we ran an Ethernet cable in and connected it to the network. And then we set up Member Mouse. So when a new member, once they've completed that orientation and then they've signed up, we will give them an access code and we will go in and put it in their custom fields in the back of of Member Mouse. And then I wrote a little API call so that the door it goes into the website and downloads the new list of active users. And then it will see if the user is active and it will go to their custom field and grab their code. And then if it gets a match, it will open the door.
1: Well, that's pretty, that's really cool. It's, I've never heard of somebody using Memor mouse to open uh, control physical access to a space through a keypad. So props.
0: Thanks. What we would do now, because there was not a WordPress um API when we built that, it was a couple years ago. And so now what we would do is we would use the uh, WordPress API to do the calls.
1: Right. But of course, and this, this is kind of get, getting back to where I, I was thinking of going, uh, as your business grows, just like a lot of us have experienced in growing businesses, there's a lot you want to do. There's a lot your customers want you to do. There's a lot you... Could do, but there are only very few things that you can actually accomplish given your resources, so Wait, should do <laughs> should do <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that like what is what has this journey been like in terms of that uh, through that lens
0: for you yeah, I mean it's really easy to get distracted because the nature of the space is sort of playful. We encourage people to test, we encourage people to experiment and There's sort of just this doing art for art's sake, laser cutting something nifty out and just putting it up on the wall. Like it's really easy to just do something because you can. And so that is something that you have to watch out for when running such an elaborate business, because I can spend a lot of time helping people with their design problems. I spend a lot of time fixing equipment, keep cleaning up after people. Um, There's a lot of that going on. And so lately, you know, my primary motivation has been to trim things down into a more streamlined fashion and utilize the resources that I have. Uh, we have a volunteer program where we give people the the highest level of membership for the lowest price with an additional four hours per week that they come in and volunteer so cool. yeah so that's really great um, and I'm you know learning how to better utilize those resources in a way that um, is beneficial for the space and
1: yeah. So it seems like you're you're looking at strategies to uh, bring in additional resources so you can take care of ongoing items that need to be taken care of, and ultimately so you can free yourself to do what. Where are the opportunities that you see? Right.
0: I have a degree in marketing in web marketing, mm-hmm. so my efforts are most likely best spent in outreach and in marketing and communicating with other community organizations and having partnerships. And my business partner, Aaron, he's really good at a lot of those things as well. He's also really good at facility management. We're going to take this wall down and we're going to move this zone over here and solving several problems at once by shifting the space around. So the larger the community is, the more stable it is and the more income there is. So the primary function is to just increase awareness of our existence and bring people in and make sure that they have a good experience. But then there's a lot of other ways that uh, we can get resources. So right now, Aaron is focused on building installations for children's museums. So we have this cool product that we, um, we didn't come up with it, but we saw a version of it and we made our own. Um, It's this augmented reality sandbox. Uh, The software is open source and you, what it does is it uses a Microsoft connect to scan a sandbox and then a projector in line with that to cast a topography onto the sand. And when you move the sand around, it refreshes. So you're, Hmm. you can reform the topography of the sand in real time. And there's all sorts of fun, little cool games that you can play and lessons that you can teach on this augmented reality sandbox is pretty cool. So yeah, that's great. he's been revising and iterating on this product and he's been selling them. Uh, we sold one to the Monterey Bay Aquarium recently, a couple schools, a couple children's museums, um, got some other high profile clients in the works right now. So he's going hard on that right now, which is exciting. So there's sort of a product element to what we can do, we, right? We can fabricate any of these things so we can easily produce products. So there's a, an avenue there as well.
1: Nice. And what about, um, it seems like there would be a natural opportunity for some online-based training where you could do a course, be like, oh, you're interested in 3D printing, go buy this course on our website and it'll show you everything you need to do. And then you can come into the shop and, you know, use our stuff, or we could show you how to acquire your own or whatever. Has that come up at all? Have people, do you think there could be uh, a desire for that?
0: Yeah, that's definitely come up in the past. Um, we've we've filmed videos before. Um, I think we just didn't quite get to the top of the mountain in most cases, you know, because it sounds easy. No, no, I get it. it it's not easy. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah. There's a production level there. And so, um, you know, I think it's all about crossing off the boxes until you get to that point. Um, right now, it's adequate with the person who runs the 3D printing zone showing you how to do it for an hour and a half and giving you resources that exist online. Um, I think it is tempting in the long run to design all of our own curriculum and filming that curriculum being executed. Um, And then, you know, either putting that on the website behind a paywall or putting it on YouTube and, you know, doing, doing that way.
1: And also like, I don't live in any of the places where you have locations. So there's no way you could ever get revenue from me right now, but there are tons of people who are interested in all these different zones that you have, right? Like 3d printing, 3d scanning, digital embroidery, or electronics, laser printing, screen printing, et cetera. Right? Like, so internationally there's a market for, Training on these things, and there's already tons of people doing this on YouTube. Um, you know, showing you things, but you know, everybody always has their own voice, you know, and it's valuable.
0: Yeah, I think it's it is valuable in the long run. So, if you would let you know, would we'll play it out. Um, the very beneficial thing for us is it's a video of how to use our piece of equipment. So then, if you are a member here, it's right at home. You know, you're like, okay this helps me a lot i'm paying money to be here i need i want to have success with the equipment and here's a person that i just met showing me how to use this in this video great but then we can maybe take that to the next step and say well we don't care if you're a member or not here's this video in case you have the same equipment right then if you do land on our page searching you know then it's an seo game right then we then we just try a little bit harder to get in front of more people
1: as a as a entrepreneur um i don't know first of all did you decide to be an entrepreneur or did it just happen
0: yeah i think it's always been this way for me a little bit cuz i was trying to build websites for people when i was like 13 uh-huh um so how always have been my own boss even if I had a boss for something else. So it does seem pretty natural to me. I don't know if it was a decision. I guess it was a decision recently. When I okay. quit my when I quit my job in Chico and moved down to Santa Cruz to run this facility, it was a decision. And how long ago was that? It's been two years. Okay. We're, uh, you know, just like the decision to open up a space where we give everyone a key, which is sort of a radical idea. Um, we also started the space in Santa Cruz remotely. Um, both Aaron and I were living in Chico and, uh, running the space there. And he had, um, just had his first child. And so we were pretty taxed, uh, but still decided to start the space in Santa Cruz, which is his hometown. So, uh, we got our ducks in a row, but trying to start a business that is innovative. Um slightly radical in the ways that we're talking about, without being there to do it is probably a little too crazy. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it, it after about two years of um, hiring people, um, having it not work out for various different reasons, um, just not quite good enough, you know, not the right leadership, not the right amount of investment um, from people. It was sort of, that was the thing that was like, okay, either we close the shop down or one of us has to go down there and run it because there's not any, no one else can do it. Right. There, you know, there is no unicorn that can do this because, you know, just because of the financial reasons after you've spent two years trying to run the business and there is no capital left. Okay. So I moved down here to do that. So that's sort of the, it's been challenging because we didn't get that that uh, we didn't get as good of a running start as we could have if if we had said in the beginning, okay, one of us is moving down there to do that with all the capital, that would have been a better move. But here we are.
1: Yeah. Well, who knows? Who knows? Because I mean, there's so many things where I look back that I'm like, oh, I could have done that. I would have done that differently. But it's like one way or another, you get there.
0: It's been challenging in a good way, but it's great here. I mean, the people that are part of the community are amazing. We have Um, just right around 140 members right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've met all these people and I spend time with a lot of them Uh, and they're creative and they're curious and they're talented and, uh, you know, people from like all ages, it's really great. Um, And Santa Cruz is not a bad place to live either, so.
1: No, it's not. So what would you say at this point are your driving motivating factors in terms of the vision for your guy's company?
0: I feel like and I'm in the middle of answering that question because I just started asking it again. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, what wait, what's going on here? And what am I doing? What is my vision? And what? how does that align with the space? And so I think what really has gotten me inspired and the direction I want to take the space, it's a learning space. It's a place where people come, they get access to the tools, but even when they're just using something they already know how to use, there's still this constant learning iterative process of of growing your craft or growing your knowledge and then all the people around the tools that help they are teaching. So I think we have to really focus on quantifying that. Like I like to play games and I think people enjoy seeing their progress quantified. So we've discussed things like badge systems, certification for different things. Like right now there's no way I have a list somewhere that says yes, you did the laser training, so you're good. But what about if there's a pathway to like accomplishing a higher level at each of the stations? Would that's like one idea that I've been throwing around.
1: That sounds like a really cool idea.
0: So now you're you're in the space, and you um have like like a there's a staircase in front of you for every single zone, and you can try to walk up that staircase. And like, this is something we would use your software for, right? We would say, okay, inside of the back panel of the membership account, we've kept track of these things. And then when you're on your homepage inside of the system, you can see that. And other people can see that if they want to click on you, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's a really, really cool idea because it, it accomplishes a number of things. One, you have the benefit of the physical space and the people being there, the vibrancy of that. So you might as well use it. Um, people... And if especially if people are new, they it's helpful for them to have a trajectory, like somewhere that, oh, like there's say five badges in this particular phase of getting to this point, right? There's there's a, a psychological motivating factor to that. That's yes, it's helpful for them to be seen that they've accomplished something, but also for their own benefit. It helps them to have guidance in terms of the you know not each step is a blind step you know if you're doing one thing at a time you don't get the benefit of seeing what the bigger picture is and where that's going towards what that's going towards and the the really cool thing about your situation is when you do that when you introduce something anything you just you sit back and watch for a little bit and the community will show you and tell you very clearly how it's responding to it
0: right uh, another thing is that it would give us this give us these guideposts and constrain things like what classes do we offer? You know, okay, well the classes that we offer are relevant to people having the knowledge that they need to accomplish these, these tiers, you know, so that, that also helps because sometimes it's just, you know, it's like anything, right? You, we, we could very easily try to be all things to all people. And that's, I mean, we know that that's not really a healthy way to run a business. So those sort of constraining guideposts, um, sitting around the mission is really uh, something I've discovered is very important.
1: Yeah. And uh, going back to the idea of online training and stuff like that, one thing I would throw out there is the the training can just be byproducts of what you're already doing anyway. It's almost as if, hey, I'm already doing this. Let me just set up a camera and record it. Not like I need to plan something specifically to film. And I don't know how you feel about that, but for me... My initial reaction to stuff like that is to be like, oh, well, it, the quality is not going to be this and that. And I start thinking about production aspects. But as a consumer of content, I actually appreciate stuff that's on the fly. I don't think that that should be a um, a limitation.
0: Yeah. I think that's that's good wisdom. Um, Aaron has taught me that in the past. You know, I tend to be the same way. I'm like, well, it's not perfect. So then yeah. no one's ever going to see it. And he's like, well, it's okay, and everybody's going to see it, and they're stoked.
1: Well, you know, the weird thing is, is you just three minutes ago or so stated the same lesson, but it's so weird how we learn the lessons in one area, but we don't apply them to the other area. So you said, you know, everything's an iterative process. Like, if you think about, you know, um, maybe the first time you used one of these machines, you know, the first thing you made with it wasn't amazing. You increase your skills by doing something over and over again, and building a relationship with it, um, bringing your own, um, nuances and aesthetics to it, which you can't do any other way than just trying it over and over again in different circumstances and practicing.
0: There it is. Yeah. No, it's real. I just got a, uh, you know, mid-level. Well, I don't know. I'm not super versed in, in camera equipment, but I got like a Canon, uh, DSLR at Costco and, uh, yeah, I'm ready to use it. Just set it up. Nice. So in that's in that
1: situation, it's probably good then that you went with MemberMouse and not Gym Software. There we go. <laughs> you know, because you don't want to limit yourself to just be a gym. At the, also,
0: right? We're more than that. It's a little reductive when we say that, but it does help people understand. So it has its moment. The that that sort of. Construct. Oh, we're like a gym, but for creative tools. People do appreciate that, but you're right. We're more than that. Um, There's actually something I would like to mention, just to kind of add to everything, is that we we're very art centric at our facilities, and that's because Aaron is has been an, an artist, a large scale installation artist, and he does a lot of different kinds of art. And so, from the very beginning, his goal was really to be able to make art in the space and to have other people participate in that. So that's really there's inside of his motivation really is where you can see the seeds of, of what we have now. And so we have had a resident artist program. We call it the idea fab labs tech art incubator program. And he's been the coach for that from the beginning. We have this whole thread of, of bringing an artist in to the space, giving them access to the tools showing them how to take their existing workflow and augment it with digital fabrication techniques. And they agree to make a whole art show of like 25 to 35 pieces. It's a really intense experience. And so that really fuels the community.
1: Yeah, and like you said, I mean, that all came about because of Aaron's interests in in part or for the most part. And so literally... You could follow the same thing if you find one person who's really into any one of these things and put them in the space and make them a mentor, you could have the same thing happen, but for, you know, gear work or functional things or something like, but it, but that's one of the really cool things about having a company in general, I think, is we start it and the people who become part of our communities and throw out ideas, their excitement can ultimately inspire changes in direction in the entire thing and then what you end up with member mouse 10 years later idea fab labs what f- how many years is it since, since uh, six years later you know it's not what you quote unquote set out to do but you basically entered into um an agreement so to speak that hey we're going to put things together and we'll commit to maintaining the environment but we're also going to be responsive to what people want and when you do that it creates this vibrancy
0: that you couldn't have planned to do so let me ask you a question about member mouse yeah after 10 years what what are some of the surprises along the way
1: i think the surprising thing the most surprising thing for me as far as member mouse has been um my involvement in it like I'm a software engineer by trade. I started off building the software, but now I have to be a quote unquote CEO. And I still don't really know what that means. And I think that that's the right approach, by the way. I've learned that that's the right approach because as soon as you think you know what it means, then you you kind of stop listening a little bit. Um, but to me, the biggest surprise is, is how I've had to evolve through the journey. Um, at, the, at kind of like the helmsman You know, I can't really stay in the same position for too long. It just, you know, if I stay somewhere for too long, I end up holding the company back. Like I started off as a developer, then I moved and I was handling thousands of support tickets. And then uh, following that, I had to get into finances and marketing and stuff like that. You know, and there comes a point where I get comfortable in a role because I've been playing it for so long. But I think the job of the leader is you constantly have to find people to replace you. And I think you're talking about doing that too with the volunteers and you, you know, you need to find that support so that you can go and do the next thing that the community is asking for. So that was a huge surprise to me because I, I didn't actually set out to start a company. Um, so it kind of just happened in a way.
0: Yeah, I feel that. And I think I'm going through the same metamorphosis as well.
1: Yeah. So it's best, like I also, like personally, I feel like on, you know, going, going on entrepreneurial journey, uh, is one of the most, um, it's just one of those tools that can really actually improve your life personally. If you're willing to enter into it fully and go along with it and not resist because, in a, in a way, it's kind of like having a child. You 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 birth something into the world, and you've committed to taking care of it. And you, no matter what, you're not going to leave it. Um, and so, when the challenges come, you work through it. And whenever you work through challenges, you end up learning and becoming more. And that's across the board. And challenges are there. Tests are there for us to learn to, to learn through and grow from. If we're always comfortable, what where's the good in that? You get tired of sitting on a beach for a month, right? Um, and that's what tests are for. But the thing is about tests that I think, you know, which is why you see the stats in businesses nine out of 10 businesses fail, which is stats in anything, people who get gym memberships and cancel, is because there's the tests come and they always come in whatever we do, but there isn't that thing that keeps you locked in from, from running away from the tests. There, what, there isn't that commitment there. And I think when you're truly an entrepreneur, you've committed to make your business a success. For, for the longest time in MemberMouse, I only had a vision. Nothing was working out for like six years. There wasn't a lot of customers coming in. The revenue wasn't there. It wasn't profitable. I was still working jobs. But for whatever reason, and I have no idea why, I had a vision that it was going to be successful and I just had to keep moving, you know? Um, so it's, it's interesting.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I see, you know, I, as much as I feel like I've naturally come into this, this role that I'm in, like it, it happened naturally. And now I'm, I, I have to realize that it's, there's those different roles that I'm going to go into that are maybe not natural for me. Um I see that the reasons why we started this, why we naturally found ourselves in this direction, uh, are because we wa- we are seeking the rewards that come with this kind of a thing. And that's that's having a large community surrounding us. That's the camaraderie, that's the, um, the shared experience of, uh, you know celebrating art and celebrating sort of like this you we get uh we get really excited when you know you you make something and you make it better and then you make it better and you 're like yes look at look at how much better this is than it was when it started, and how satisfying that is you know we kind of we 're like engineering nerds like that, so we 're getting fulfilled by all the things that happen at the shop and so in order to keep that going and keep that experience and, and the rewards, you know, we have to do these things to make sure that it can stay alive.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a beautiful, um, guiding force to have, you know, that it's about the community and everything because, well, there's no reason that I need to give it. it it's just, uh, it, it's a beautiful approach to take and, and have it be your guiding light. Um, and i'm definitely honored that you guys are you know through whatever process how you became a member mouse customer whether accidentally or otherwise definitely honored that you're using it um i love you know cuz to me it's a little bit different but to me it's also about community and helping people uh i know that more today than i knew when i started but um you know so whenever i get to see that people are using the software to um To create things that actually are bringing joy into the world. That's you know I don't I obviously can't take credit for it in any in any form, but it's just nice to be a part of it in some small way. So, certainly appreciate you guys being being a part of our community.
0: Totally, yeah. It must be cool that you sort of have at least a little bit of a connection with all these different communities most of them being digital but you have sort of a little bit of a hand in all the different things that are happening on the internet like that yeah for sure i'm gonna say i'm very excited that you guys contacted me um it's helped me to think about the space in a different way and to think about the website in a different a couple different ways awesome i'm also excited because now i have your ear and i can send you several suggestions i have for the software
1: <laughs> of course we would love that we just released a new version of the software uh with some updates. Um that 229? But yeah, we yeah, two two nine. But we we do have a lot of kind of improvements that we have planned. Um you know most of the stuff that we've been focusing on uh has been uh backend support, you know, just because this is the thing about member mouse. It's like um we have very large sites running on Member Mouse, like you know, hundreds of thousands of members so part of our selling point and why part of our success is that we're very reliable you know like people often come to us because they've used another platform and they've gotten to the point where the the cracks in the hull of the ship start to leak water so we spend a lot of effort you know kind of in the in the back end you can't really see there's no ui influence of what we're doing but we're we're doing security updates we're doing performance updates we're doing all sorts of things like keeping in track with payment provider updates and api and pci compliance stuff like so a lot of this stuff we do kind of like it doesn't get to shine on the surface so much cuz it's not like oh look at this new feature right but we do it because we have all these customers who rely on the software who are large and we that's just essential to keep the business running we run MemberMouse.com on our on our product so we're in the same boat But um, we have a whole series of things and and projects in motion to um, actually improve things that you'll be able to visibly visibly see and um, will have performance implications in terms terms of day-to-day operations like, you know, stuff like uh, bulk editing features on the data grids, being able to search um, the data grids. uh, So if you have a lot of products, you can find a product more easily, um, you know, all these stuff are on our list and coming, you know, but, you know, like we were talking about with you earlier, uh, especially when you get successful, you want to do all these things. And, but as soon as you set out to do them, then somebody has got a fire that needs to be addressed. So you need to take your resources off those things and go focus on this thing. Cause that's more pressing. So you do that and then you come back and, you know, it's just a juggling act.
0: So are you, where do you see your product going next as far as what you offer and, you know, is it, is it about the 100,000 users or like how, you know, how able are you to sort of serve people like us who have, you know, 300 people and 100,000 and... Well,
1: know. the the thing that I've always appreciated about, um, and, and this has been one of the early benefits of MemberMouse that kind of happened by accident or just naturally, but in basically working closely with customers and getting feedback from real world scenarios and making improvements to the software based on that um, the software ends up being if it works for 100,000 it works for 1 basically that's that's how i look at it you know you and that's why our pricing is the way it is you know and that's why the plans there's really not much differentiation between the plans we give the people on the starter plans the same tools that the experts have it's just like member limits that make the difference because my philosophy is like look like you're getting all the same tools that these sites who are very successful are getting therefore you there's no excuse if there if somebody's doing it then anybody can do it you know that's that's basically the premise now um when, and it's interesting because what it comes down to for us is kind of the same thing it comes down to for you you have a laser cutter you have a 3D printer we have this crazy software right it comes down to training this is, this is what we're really focusing a lot on right now. Part of it is doing these podcasts, um, but providing more information to people, guidance. Like why, why, looking at our, over the years, why haven't people been successful with Memoross? What is it? Is it our product? And I, the answer to that is pretty much no. It's not our product. The product works. That's why people who are very large can use it. Okay, then what is it? Why aren't people getting from zero to success? And it turns out it's for many reasons. Everybody comes to the to the game with a different set of tools. Some people just need motivation and coaching, hence podcasts, hence doing the live office hours, giving people an opportunity to have a conversation about whatever. Uh, some people, it's really the nuts and bolts of the software, hence doing more training. Um, you know, uh, so there's a lot of different angles we're approaching it from, you know, WordPress is an interesting space to be in because it's you get our software but then you just can't go from there you got to get a theme right you got to get a hosting provider <clears throat> not everybody is equipped to do this so we have a number of things in motion to make it easier for people through guidance to use our software so that's i think a major area of our focus is in in helping people just actually do something you're a you're a developer so you didn't necessarily have all those issues
0: but a lot of people do. And so now you suddenly you're a business advisor instead of a software developer.
1: Yeah, well not suddenly, but yeah. Well, suddenly software in engineer... suddenly
0: in that moment that you know, you you chose to use to for this to be your software product now in order to have success and have people want to use your or continue to be able to use your software, you have to it's in your best interest to provide them with with this advice, exactly, and
1: and and actually, it, it's like every evolution that happens for me in the business, it's one that I rebel against initially. You know, it's like because it was clearly coming. Oh, like people want to have these conversations. I'm like, well, I don't do conversations or something. Right? <laughs> like that's not. I'm a, I'm not a, I'm not a, a front of house guy. Like I'm a back end guy, right? Or whatever my story. You've was. come so far. <laughs> Here we are having a conversation. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, so I'm obviously very grateful for everything that's pushed me to get to this point because, you know, I'm happy where things are. But, and I appreciate the opportunities to to talk to people and offer whatever um, perspective I have that could help. You know, I don't, I don't feel like, um, I feel very humble about, You know my position. I don't feel like I'm like this big person with a lot of experience to offer, but I have a little bit of experience, and if it can help somebody, then I'm happy to share it. Is basically where I'm at. But yeah, it seems like I'm doing a lot more of it, shooting videos. You know, I myself got a DSLR recently, so we'll we'll be shooting more videos and training probably. But also, there are some big moves that we are going to be making the product too. So it's more of a full picture for me, because as I have kind of like uh, overarching perspective, there's many different strategic angles we're taking in partnerships with different companies and that we've got in the works and different product Im- improvements. And, you know, it's, it's been a little bit challenging for two years, and I don't think we're alone in this. Um, I think a lot of companies have had certain challenges in the last two years for whatever reasons, but I get the sense that there's a corner that's going to be turned. And I think what we're doing now is sowing all the seeds and then our harvest is going to come in the next year, like all these projects. Cause the thing is, is you get a, to be a bigger company. Uh, like back in the day when I was a developer, if I had an idea, I just busted out on a weekend, you know, be like, oh, this would be cool. I'm going to build this. But now it doesn't work like that. Now I have to have a little bit more patience. There's more planning. I have to interface with different teams and I have to get people's approval. We have to have multiple conversations.
0: You have to you be really careful. The, yeah.
1: Yeah, you have to assure that if you're going to put money into it, that you're going to get a ROI, that everybody wants it. It's just there's all these different tools and approaches that have come. And I used to think that they were burdens because I appreciated just being able to knock something out on the weekend. But when you have thousands of customers, you you have, you have can't just like be that cavalier about it, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, like push something out <clears throat> that doesn't work and blow people's sights up. <clears throat> so you have to have a QA process and all this stuff.
0: Yeah. You know. Hey, uh, you want to talk some more about um, membership systems and hardware experience? Yeah,
1: go ahead.
0: So remember I told you guys that we do these, we have an art residency program? Yep. So I uh, started this new thing. It's, it's an electronics systems concept where uh, what we do is we bring these artists in. They build this gallery's worth of work. And then we culminate in exhibition. And so that's a, an art show that people attend. And we've been fairly good at getting somewhere between 250 and 500 people to come to these events. And, and I, in the same sort of way that I was like, well, it would be fun if like we could play more games with, with all the people in the room. And so I started designing with other members at the shop these installations, um, and it, we built the installations so that we could understand the electronics enough to help the artists and work with the artists to install some of this, uh, these hardware systems into their art. Because we really like to do technology combined with art, and so uh, I've started developing this system where, when everyone comes to the event, they actually s- sign up for a membership, but it's a different. It's a different, uh, it's not the same membership levels that we talked about earlier. They're separate. And so people pay, they get an account on the website, and then they get given a a talisman. The talisman has an NFC chip in it. And so then we build these sculptures inside of the space that they can interact with. And so an example of one is, it's a facade, and it has two two little sockets where you can put your put your talisman into. One person can do one, another person can do the other one, and when you both activate this installation, it has scrolling LED text and it goes and it gets your shared fortune and tells you your shared fortune. And so That's
1: awesome. That's a, a really cool idea. I mean, I feel like that's another thing that could be like a product of yours because I mean just like the kind of ice breaking factor of that in terms of an event, you know.
0: Oh yeah. So that's the the long term vision is to be able to to be able to expand this out to events to larger events that other people are throwing and have this be a service that we provide. But you know, so you have an this you have this account inside the website, and when you, my goal was to be able to play the long game with this. So, so you and I come to this event, we have our our little token and we play this game and it shows us our shared fortune and we laugh and you know it's a it's some movie quote from some comedy series or sci-fi or whatever. And then later we come back to another art show and somehow we follow up. Like the there's you and I and then there's the the global we and we follow up. We know that you and I have this shared thing. So maybe we come up to a box and we both put our talismans in and we go over and it takes a a photo of us, right? And it does an augmented reality overlay of the photo that we can't actually see until the photo gets printed out, right? But then on the the caption is our shared quote from last time or from four times before. So these are the kind of like, Membership community driven interactions that we're trying to do in physical space,
1: yeah, and you could also you can also combine that with offline experience between the events, like people because i I feel like I've heard this being done in like dating events where like you there's something like that where you're introduced. It's not as cool as what you're talking about, but you're introduced, but then you have the option of whether or not you want the people you're introduced to to have access to you after the event, right. Something like that. So maybe having the option that, you know, there's some way that they can connect on the membership site, you know, for those people that they actually met at the event. Perfect. Which would be cool because then that'd be great for them. But then also, you know, when there's a follow up, hey, there's another event in between the times that you had those events, they may have.
0: You can scroll through a list of all the quotes from the night and pick the one, pick the ones that you remember were people that you Want to connect yeah. with something like that?
1: Anyway, obviously it's a really cool idea because whenever you you automatically start brainstorming about how to improve it and use it, that just means that there's inspiration there, you know.
0: Right. That's the kind of fun, um, you know, cloud based but physical interactive stuff that we're I'm fascinated by.
1: Yeah. Well, I am too, and I I uh, hope uh, you stay in touch and let us know how you're doing. Um, with everything, and I certainly appreciate you taking time to come on the show and, and talk.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it too, and it's been insightful, and uh, also want to see you guys continue to be successful, so thanks for all the support and all the nifty software.
1: Thank you. And just to end, um, where can our listeners learn
0: more about you and your company? Uh, the easiest thing to do is to go to ideafablabs.com. That's I D E A f a b l a b s.com and you can get to both of our facilities from there and we're also on facebook and on instagram
1: awesome and if i'm ever in santa cruz or chico i'm definitely gonna come by your space awesome that just about does it for this episode of the podcast i'd like to thank jordan for coming on the show and sharing his creative ideas and stories from his journey as an entrepreneur and i'd like to extend my sincere thanks to you for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode and are left feeling inspired about what's possible for you and your business. Be sure to visit subscriptionentrepreneur.com 125 to see some stunning examples of the sort of work Idea Fab Labs creates. There you'll also find the show notes, a transcript from today's episode, and links to all resources we talked about in this episode. If you've enjoyed listening to the show and would like to hear more interviews with successful entrepreneurs, please subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Alright, that's it. We'll see you next time.